welcome to the Life's Necessities and Luxuries radio show. Today, our host, Dawn Marie Nutel, your life's commodities broker, will bring you fashion, beauty tips, business acumen, teach you where to find the life's greatest necessities and the finest luxuries. Now, here's Dawn Marie. Greetings, friends. Thanks for stopping by. It's Dawn Marie here, and today we'll be talking about how we can get our visions of our business life to become a reality. Today's guest is Stephanie Callahan. She is the business vision catalyst and is known for the fast transformations that she facilitates with her clients through working at the intersection of the heart and head. She works with busy, purpose-driven entrepreneurs to own their brilliance, leverage their business, and get their message out with power, ease, and joy so that they can make powerfully positive differences in the world, exponentially up-level their profits, shift their mindset towards possibility, and take a no-excuse approach to boldly creating a highly successful and meaningful business built around who they are. With her unique combination of right-brained and left-brained thinking, intuitive insight, passion, results-based coaching, powerful questioning, and strategic systematizing magic in record time, her clients dance with joy as their visions become reality in their business. So let's welcome Stephanie. Hi, Stephanie. How are you doing today? Hey, Don Marie. I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Oh, thank you for taking time out of your crazy schedule because I know life is really crazy and everyone's calendars are out of whack. So thank you very much for being here today. You're so tell me, do you mind if, and since our time is very limited today, if we kick it right off? No, that's great. Okay, so are you ready to terrorize? That sounds awesome. How, so tell me, Stephanie, how did you get into the business of becoming a prosperity? Well, for a number of years, I worked in the northern Chicago suburbs as a consultant. I worked with Fortune uh, 50 to Fortune 100 companies, and I honestly thought I was going to retire from there. Uh, but there came a point where the company went from a privately held LLC to a publicly traded company. And when they became a publicly traded company, everything that I believed in in that business started to shift. And I started getting to the point where my values were compromised more regularly than not. And actually, at about the same time, I had my youngest son. And as parents will frequently do in, in the middle of the night, I was, you know, up with him and thinking about the things that I wanted him to learn and grow and do. And I had what I, I lovingly call a blinding flash of the obvious and <laughs> realized that, gosh, you know, he's going to pay attention more to what I do than what I say. And if I stay in this job that is just compromising my ethics and I'm being asked to do things that just are no longer feeling incongruent with who I am, I'm actually going to teach him to sell himself because that's ultimately what I'm doing right now. And that was huge, right? I was like smack across the face. Oh, my goodness. I just admitted that I'm, I'm kind of selling myself because uh, I had the golden handcuffs, you know, great benefits, great pay, and all that good stuff, and I really just wasn't leaving because of that. And after having that blinding flash, uh, I had a conversation with my husband and, uh, you know, came to terms with, with – how toxic things really were in that environment. And we both agreed that that it was just a good choice and a good timing to just step out. And literally three and a half months after that, I left my job 
he left his job and we sold our home and we moved two and a half hours south into a brand new community. And uh, I started Callahan Solutions. And I chose to get into the work that I'm in largely because I did a inventory of the things that I love doing as well as the things that I do well um, just from all the other jobs that I had had in the past and coaching and helping people see the possibility that they can't necessarily see on their own if that forest for the trees type scenario is a strength that I've had just naturally. And all the people that are out there that were giving me advice said, you know, do things that come naturally. Don't do things that are hard. Uh, and, and you'll be able to grow a business. And, and that was the start. I love that. Yeah, it's really amazing how you just never know what the road is going to lead you up to. I, I hear you talk about how you help people build a life that is created around their full truth and not just a portion of themselves. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Oh, I'd love to because that's the part that really jazzes me about the work that I do. So many people will start their business kind of siloing themselves. And and honestly, I did that a little bit when I first started my business. It was part of the reason why I'm so passionate about it. But we, we look at what we think might make money or we look at what the gurus tell us we should do our business around. And there's a lot of what I consider false teaching out there that says if you work really, really, really hard in the beginning, then you'll get what you want later. What I see <laughs> is true, <laughs> what I see is more true, <laughs> is that when you work really, really hard in the beginning, you build a business where you have to work really, really hard. And, and you just keep working really, really hard. And and so I, I, still, I even have a lot of colleagues today that while they're financially really super successful, they've just built another job for themselves. And the whole reason that they went into business in the first place kind of gets lost. I believe that if you build your foundation to begin with, then you're going to be able to have a business that you really, really love. Sorry about that. Go ahead. No, that's okay. So what are some approaches that you offer to creating a highly successful and meaningful business? Really, the the beginning part of that is that you want to get your foundation in place to really understand what it is that you really want in your business and own it. So, for example, I had a client once that she came to me and she said, Stephanie, I used to make sales. I'm not making them anymore. You know, I, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's going on. I've gone to this sales training. I'm trying the techniques that supposedly are fantastic, and I haven't made any sales in seven months. So I'm like, oh, my goodness. You know, let's get to the bottom of that. Well, what was going on underneath all of that was that she was out of congruence. She was out of alignment with what she really wanted because the business that she was building was taking her away from her home. And one of the things that she really wanted was to be an involved and active mom in her young son's life. And so the reason that her sales were faltering is because she had all this extra stuff going on in between her ears, so to speak, and her mindset and her subconscious saying, if I do this well, I'm being taken away from something that's really important to me. So when you build a business around who you are, who you really are, you own everything that you really want. If you only want to work part-time, then build a business where you're only working part-time. If you want to work where you're flexible around your child's schedule, then build a business for that. If you want to work where you're traveling all the time, then build a schedule or build a, build a business structure for that. And it's, it's all about being honest up front about what it is that you really want 
and then being strategic in how you go after getting it. Building a business around who you are is also about looking at the things that you really adore versus the things that you'd rather not do. So for example, I've had a number of health issues in the, the course of my life that uh, puts me in a position where I need to be conscious about my energy and, and different things that take up my energy. So doing a lot of travel and a lot of on-stage speaking, which is something I used to do all the time, is something that I've worked out of my business model. It's a fantastic strategy, but it's not a fantastic strategy for me. And it's about being really honest and open and owning what you really want and then building a strategy around that. I can totally relate to that because I myself have a lot of injuries in my spine from being hit by drunk driving when I was younger and have these other kids oh in my car and then, and then falling in a sinkhole. <laughs> but um, I have to do the same thing. Like I can work 80 hours a week if I don't stop myself and I have to say, you know what, I need to go work out in the pool now and now I need to go take a jacuzzi and now I need to go watch a movie because if I don't take those breaks, I just burn out and my, my back gets out of whack. And so health is so important and learning how to juggle everything. I know people say, oh, you just need to do this, this, and this, but sometimes it's a lot harder than it is to actually take the time out to stop and get say, hey, I need to take that break. Well, <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and what's interesting is, you know, I talk with a lot of people who they want to get off the hamster wheel. They're running and running and running and going nowhere, right? And, and in the process of trying to get off the hamster wheel, all they've really done is created a bigger hamster wheel because they're still running and running and running and getting nowhere. A lot of my clients, well, all of my clients are hard workers. A lot of my clients end up getting an assignment to stop. Just stop and assess and take a look at what's working and what's not working. And what they find is that when they back off and they get really strategic about what they're doing and they get their mindset aligned to the possibility of what they really want, they actually don't have to work as much to get a way bigger impact. So I can tell you that right now I work part-time. Uh, and my, my part-time design is a little different than most. One of my business, one of my life goals was that I was raised by a stay-at-home mom. And there were huge benefits in that. But when I had my, my son, I knew that I wanted to work. But I wanted my son to have the benefit that I had of a stay-at-home mom. And that sounds like it's not possible, right? That sounds like you're cake and eat it too. But because I owned that up front and I owned the energy involved with that, I said, okay, well, what does that really mean to me? Well, that means that I want to be available to him in the morning before he, you know, I want to be able to see him get on the bus when he was younger. And I want to be available for him after school because I found that for my son, his most critical conversation time was right after school. And so I've built my business around that. I don't have client appointments from the time he gets home from the time he gets home from school for about an hour after that. He knows that time is his. And then I go back and I work some more. When he has breaks from school, I have breaks from work. When he has summer break, I take a lighter schedule. And so my part-time work is sometimes I work a lot, and then other times I'm taking weeks and weeks off. And that's what works best for me. And the only reason I'm able, that was able to get to that is because I set that foundation and I said, here's what I really want. Now, how can I make that happen? That's fantastic that you've been able to actually implement it and have it happen because it really is uh, a very trying thing to do, I think. But to know that you can actually help your clients do that, and that's amazing. Um, I've also heard you say that you, you tell your clients to stop focusing on the to-do list rather than focus on the be list. Can you tell us what that means? 
Sure, I'd be happy to. You know, there's a lot of people out there that are going to, you know, productivity experts and all that are going to tell you to look at your to-do list. And I'm a big believer in to-do lists, and I do a lot of productivity work with my clients as well. And doing and being are truly combined, yet we also, we frequently only put a focus on the doing part. So what if at the end of the day or busy week, you could review it and see that you helped get clear on your, your strengths and your relationships grew and your sales doubled and tripled as a result. So as you go through your day, you have a lot of different options for how to receive and respond to what occurs. When you choose to be in a particular way, it impacts how you receive what you respond. Um, Dr. Wayne Dyer said, your purpose is not about what you do. It's about your beingness, that place within you from which your thoughts emerge. And that's why you're called a human being rather than a human doing. So you can choose a lot of different ways to do that. Would it be helpful if I shared an example? Sure. Okay, so let's, let's go with networking. I've built my business around collaboration and networking, and yet when I first started my business, honestly, I would have rather gone and gotten a root canal than go to a networking meeting. <laughs> I, I, I did not like putting myself out there. I felt exposed. I felt like I was being judged. All those inner mindset things that come up when, when we put ourselves in front of people that we don't know. And yet I knew that if I stayed hidden in my office, my business wouldn't really grow the way I wanted it to. So at first, I forced myself to go to events, and I would walk in the room, and I'd instantly feel out of place. And I usually left with, without talking to too many people. And that's when I realized, you know, that's not working for me. I was doing, I was going, but I wasn't doing very well. And so I decided to incorporate this concept of my be list, my being into my doing, and I figured that if I went to a networking meeting, there had to be at least one other person that didn't want to be there. And if I was authentically compassionate and welcoming to that one person, then I could help make their day better and I wouldn't be a wallflower at the event. So I decided to be authentically compassionate and welcoming. I made a conscious choice of how I was going to carry myself when I walked into that next networking meeting. And it worked. I lost that that smaller self of me, that self-conscious feeling, because I was looking to help somebody else. And I continued to use this technique for years at every networking meeting I've gone to. And I've taught it to a bunch of other people. And as a result, I've had the blessings of meeting some really amazing people. And that never would have happened if I hadn't started by choosing who I was going to be as I walked into that meeting. Because what happens is when you don't make a conscious choice, you just kind of are reactionary in everything that happens to you. But if you make a conscious choice, and it was really as simple as me just making the choice in the moment, and then as the situation unfolded in front of me, I already knew how I wanted to respond. That is a wonderful tip. I really thank you for offering that because networking is so intimidating. And, you know, you do, you walk into this room with sometimes hundreds of people and you do, and like, where do you start? Where do you begin? And I used to be a very shy person and I hated, I just dreaded networking so much. And I had a boyfriend when I was younger and when I was a teenager and he could talk to anyone and <laughs> anywhere 
at any time about anything. And I always found it like, wow, that's, I would love to do that. So because I, I had to like keep pushing myself to do those little things so that I could step out and start a conversation on a grocery line with a woman and say, hey, how are you? You know, And because I just, you never know where you're going to get your next client from. And knowing that you can help somebody and you have to talk to them so that they get to know what you do so that you can help them. Otherwise, you can't help that person if they don't know what you do. So thank exactly. you for offering that. Well, you're welcome. And, you know, I found from the networking standpoint of it, you know, I have friends that are six, seven, eight, nine-figure business owners, right? They're super, super successful. They still have their own elements of self-consciousness. You know, there's no one place where all of a sudden you've arrived and your self-conscious <laughs> nature just poof, magically disappears, right? So knowing that and believing that and then going in and helping others feel good about where they are in that whole networking space, you end up carrying yourself in a much more powerful way and in the positive way that power can be used. Absolutely. So let me ask you this question. What would you say, uh, you said talking about you know, networking, but this is about marketing. What would you say are the top four pieces of marketing materials that every business owner should have? Oh, wow. The top four pieces of marketing material everyone should have. You know, in today's day and age, if you don't have some form of website presence, uh, I think people don't even think you're a real business. You know, so I would, wouldn't, it doesn't have to be, you know, a really extensive website, but at least some form of website where you can connect with people. I, I used to say business cards, but um, I don't even carry a business card with me. I instead would say a way that people can easily contact you. So that, that could be a business card. That could be a URL that you tell people that they can go and get all your contact information. Um, in my case, I have uh, a contact. I have an electronic business card on my phone that I text people so that they can automatically upload all of my information into their phone. But just some, some way that when you are out and about, and people want to connect with you, that you can make it really super easy for them to connect back with you. First thing that I would say that's really critical from a marketing standpoint is to just have something that allows people to be able to experience you. Um, whether that's a signature speech, whether that's an ebook, whether that's a checklist that you've done or a recording that you've done, but some form of material to help people have an experience of you so they can decide whether they want to explore further and go deeper. Awesome. Have you heard of, I think it's called Savvy Card. I think it's spelled S-A-V-V-Y card. And I think that's an electronic card that you can put up that, with your photo and a little bio and all your information. I have to double check that. I love the fact that we have social media these days where you can connect with everyone around the world instantaneously. It's, it's, it's just amazing. So I've been really trying to learn oh, more about social, the social media side of the marketing because I find that that's a really great tool to get, get out there and let, you know, be seen. Well, so, um, that, right? With the social exactly. Media. Yeah, that's right. On uh, Facebook. Mm-hmm. Lou, I love Lou Bortone. Mm-hmm. He's, he's just phenomenal. I've learned so much about video. And for those of you listening, if you do not know Lou Bortone, his last name is B-O-R-T-O-N-E. He's great with video. Anything you need to know about video, he's your guy. And he's got some great classes that he offers out there. So check him out.
Lou is awesome, awesome, awesome. He really works. So tell me, what are time-saving business systems that you help your clients with? Sure. So when you're looking at putting systems into your business, it's really a good idea first to start looking at those things that you do all the time. So it could be something as simple as things that you put on social media all the time, right? So let's use that as an example. If you use a smartphone, it's possible for you to have within your smartphone what most smartphones will call smart keystrokes, where you put in just a couple letters and it will fill in a big paragraph of stuff. So one system that you could look to implement today is if there's anything that you type frequently uh, from your phone, look and see if your phone has uh, the ability to do those types of functions, most of them do, where you can automatically put in a bunch of text. Um, so the systems that you put in place really should be freeing up your time. Uh, there are financial systems. There are operational systems. There are administrative systems. So, for example, uh, Don Marie, when, when we were scheduling this conversation, you have an administrative system. You have a calendaring tool that you use to help us figure out when to schedule this discussion, right? Absolutely. And, and I love it. And it's a free and I just want to let the listeners know if they're listening and they're interested in using it, it's called Calendly, C-A-L-E-N-D-L-Y.com, and there is a free version out there, and it's a wonderful tool for scheduling. So the reason that's a system is because what a lot of people do that don't have a calendaring tool like that is that they'll go back and forth and back and forth. Well, does this time work or does that time work? And it can take up a ridiculous amount of time when you add up how many of those conversations you have versus putting a system in place. And systems can be tools. They can be uh, manual. There's a lot of different ways that you can put systems in place, but a scheduling administrative system is one example for that. You can also have customer service systems in place. And systems, frequently people will automatically think of automation, like what we talked about with the, the scheduling tool, right? But systems can also just be standard operating procedure. How do we process when X happens? So, for example, every time that I am on a podcast or a radio show or a TV show or what have you, I have a system in place, a standard operating procedure within my business of here are the X number of things that are going to happen for me to help promote a show. And it's a system because I've sat and I've thought through all the different things that can be done. I have some of it delegated out to an administrative assistant. There's some things I do myself. But it's repeatable, and it's something I can do every single time without having to think about, oh, gosh, now what do I need to do to market this show? Um, and I have to think through every step. No, I put a system to it so that we just go through the system every single time. It's consistent, and it's reliable for us to be able to get maximum exposure from the time that we spend on different shows. I love that. That's that's great advice um, because it really is important because we do, as entrepreneurs, do the same things over and over again. And it may look a little different from, from one thing to the next, but when it all comes down, uh, especially if you're a solopreneur like myself where you may not have a team in place and you don't want to forget that, you know, checklists are great if you can create checklists just so that you can have those things in place so that you don't have to think twice about it. You can pull out your notes and be like, yep, got it, got it, got it, got it, down the line you go and it's done. So tell me, what is one of your favorite tools that you use in your business? Oh, gosh. My, one of my favorite tools is Infusionsoft. And so I'm actually, you know, transparency here, I, I am a partner of Infusionsoft, um, but I was a customer of Infusionsoft before I ever became a partner. Um, Infusionsoft is an all-in-one 
marketing tool. So there's a customer relationship management element of the tool where you can keep track of the different conversations that you have with people. I call it my memory in a box. Um, <laughs> there's an emailing component and an autoresponder component. There is a shopping cart component. There is affiliate management component. Um, and it, it really is an all-in-one marketing tool. And it's amazing the number of different things that, that you can do with that tool should you choose to put it in place. And it's, um, it's a good friend of mine. <laughs> I know a lot of uh, coaches are using it. I've been looking into it. Um, it's a little bit out of my budget right now, but um, it is a great tool. I mean, I can't wait to, to get my hands on it because that would save me so much time and energy. <laughs> so that's definitely great stuff. And what do you do to celebrate a big win in your business? You know, frequently it is going out to dinner with my family. I really, uh, I really enjoy my family time, and, and we celebrate successes together. So, you know, my son just recently got straight A's. He's a freshman in high school, and we went out to dinner and celebrated. And you know, we frequently do the same thing for for my successes and, and my husband's successes. Uh, we we live in a community that has a tremendous number of different types of eateries, and uh, we'll we'll make the night of it, and we'll go out and have a great meal and enjoy time together. Oh, that's wonderful. And it's nice to know that you celebrate it with the family, and that's so important because – and congratulations to your son with his straight A's. That's awesome. That's really great. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you know, so, so I mentioned earlier, you know, one of, one of my goals was for my son to have the benefit of being – of uh, the benefit of a stay-at-home mom without me being a stay-at-home mom. And so we have what we call the family team. You know, there are things that he does to support me in my business. There are things I do to support him and his school and, and my husband, you know, all – collaboratively together. So the business wins that I have are also their wins and vice versa because of how we've set up our family structure. That's terrific. Really, it's, it's nice to know that, you know, because so many people, I think when they work, uh, couples that both work and their lives get crazy, the children seem to get, you know, put on the sidelines. And so to know that you don't do that, that you've actually made it the point to be there for your son, and that's just commendable. So kudos, girl. <laughs> that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you know, that's, I mean, that, that kind of circles back to what we talked about, building a business around who you are. So there are some people that don't have children, and that's really fantastic, too, because their lifestyle and, and what is important to them is important to them. Um, there are people that want to put all kinds of travel into their life. You know, I'm looking at that after my son graduates high school. Um, it, so it's really about looking and honoring the values that you have, whether they're based off your faith, whether they're based off of something that you want to accomplish, you know, all of that is yours to own. And that was one thing that, that we just got really clear on. And rather than being apologetic about it, we said, no, this is, this is really who we want to be as a family. And how can we make that happen? Rather than it's not possible. It, it's really looking at possibilities and looking at the prosperity and the abundance of life to say anything's truly possible if you first own it and then say, okay, how can I make this happen? So as Napoleon Hill would say, if your mind can believe it, you can conceive it. <laughs> so, right. so tell me, what, right. is one of your, right. what is one of your favorite luxuries and one of your favorite necessities in your life, whether it's personal or business? Well, you know, the first, the first necessity and luxury that I would say is freedom. Um, for, for years, when I worked in my corporate space, uh, I averaged 80 to 90 hours a week. 
And when I was in that corporate job, I actually felt guilty if I was not in the building when the sun was out. And, you know, I look at that now and I'm like, gosh, that's so warped because I really went to work before the sun came up and I left work after the sun had gone down and I really felt guilty if I wasn't at work when the sun was out. I'm like, okay, that's kooky. Um, And I had vacation after vacation roll over. I never took vacation. So for me, freedom is just the ultimate luxury and what you can do with freedom is fantastic and you know so there are a lot of different things that that are important to me in life it's it's important to me to volunteer for my community and and it's important to me to be there for my son and it's important for me to be a good wife and it's important for me to be a fantastic coach and and help the clients that I work with but if I didn't have freedom I couldn't do any of those things and so that's that's a part of what what I built for myself as well I love that. <laughs> That's just great. Freedom really is everything. And um, like you say, you know, when you worked in corporate America doing 80, 90 hours a week, I know when I worked in the music business for MCA Music Publishing in the 90s, I literally was working around the clock, probably around 80, 85 hours a week. And I remember like uh-huh. always being feeling sick and stomach pains and, you know, I'd break out and the stress was so intense. I mean, I loved the job. I loved what I was doing. But working that many hours, I mean, even when I would go on vacation there, I would be sitting on the beach in Mexico and not reading, you know, music publishing contracts thinking, what am I doing? <laughs> something wrong with right. this. Right. But um, having the, you know, the luxury of freedom is definitely something that I've been striving for in my business, especially as I mentioned earlier, you know, with the health issues is to, to, to cut my hours back, but because it is so invaluable to just be able to do what you want when you want how you want it and not to and not have somebody tell you you can't <laughs> i don't want any more restrictions on my life and i'm sure there's a lot of people out there that feel the same way and they want to have that freedom so i know having a great coach is number one in getting to reach your goals so tell us stephanie um it looks like you may be running close to the end of our session here tonight but I, i'm going to go off uh course here for a second because I, I noticed that you you mentioned that you had 33 different food allergies how I do. do you <laughs> how do you handle making meals with that in mind and, and how do you go about I mean what are some of them if, if, if I may ask a personal question and delve into that but because um, I'm so into nutrition right now and I have some things going on with gluten and things like that with inflammation so um, when I saw that I had to ask you that question <laughs> If you don't mind, and, and I and I only caught part of the question, so could you re-ask it for me? Sure. I I, I saw that you had over thirty-three different food allergies. So, what are some of them, and how do you handle like making meals with all of that in mind? Oh, sure. So, food allergies. Yeah, um, gluten is one of my food allergies. Um, lettuce, spinach, cucumbers, green peppers, pork, turkey, um, green beans, wow. tomatoes. <laughs> All the things that you might think that you would eat um, to get healthy. Uh, I, I actually um, didn't learn I had these food allergies until 2009. Um, in 2009, I weighed about 230 pounds. and I was desperately trying to lose weight. And so what was I doing? I was eating lots of salads with green peppers and, and turkey. And all the foods that I was allergic to is what I was eating trying to lose weight. And what, what really happened was I was malnourished because my body didn't receive those foods as food. So it's a weird story, right? Um, so I had to 
literally completely relearn how to shop and completely relearn how to cook because a good majority of the food that I learned how to cook from my mom when I was growing up uh, was comprised of foods that I could no longer eat. Um, I always thought food allergies showed in like hives and rashes and stuff like that. So I didn't, I didn't really understand what was going on with my body at the time. I'm very, very blessed um, that I was introduced to a coach, um, a, a nutrition coach that helped me figure out that I had the, the food issues. Um, and once I got my food in line, um, I dropped 75 pounds. Um, I wow. actually eat more today than I did back then. I'm, I'm just eating food that my body actually understands as food. Um, it, was, it was stressful originally. I mean, you know, I, I, uh, when, I, when I talk about this story, at the time I figured all this out, my son was in second grade. And I remember the first time I went grocery shopping with this list of food that I couldn't have, reading labels, I was so overwhelmed that I actually ended up on the floor of the grocery store crying. It was just that intense for me. And um, my son at the time was resisting reading. And I said, you know, everything happens for a reason. He looked at me and he's like, Mom, I don't want you so sad. I need to be able to read clearly so that I can help you with these labels. Wow. And so everything, everything works, works out for, for the good. Um, I have loads of things I can eat. I mean, there's lots and lots of things that I can eat. I've actually become much more adventuresome with my eating now. Um, you know, so I've tried foods that I never would have tried before. Um, I didn't grow up eating elk or lamb or um, different types of fish. Um, I, can, I eat uh, beef and bison and chicken. Uh, you know, so, and there's lots and lots of different vegetables and fruits that I can still eat. Um, it's just initially, it just so happened that those 33 foods, um, but yeah. I think the biggest shift for me was gluten because gluten's in every doggone thing. Um, I know, and that's what's crazy. I, I, I really don't miss it. Um, and I, will yeah. say, I can, you know, since we're on this topic, um, there's a book called The Diet Cure by Julia Ross um, that I recommend to everybody that thinks they might have some kind of food issues or if you have any kind of energy issues because, I, you know, I showed up with a lot of energy um, issues before we figured out that I had the, the food challenges. Um, but it's called The Diet Cure by Julia Ross. Every chapter has a course in it at the beginning that you can uh, take to find out if you need to read the chapter or not. Um, and reading that book really helped me get an understanding of kind of the mess that I was. <laughs> um, and then, like I said, I, I ended up working with a really phenomenal uh, nutrition coach that helped me get, um, get everything uh, cleaned up and, and, and fixed and helped me live in a very different way. I am on the cellular level, I'm a different person. Um, and in my whole outlook on life, I'm a different person too. I love every day now. So I'm not sad about the 33 food allergies. That's, that's amazing. I, I mean, I know there's people who have, you know, peanut allergies or shellfish allergies. I noticed as I'm getting older, my allergies are getting worse and moving from New York down here to Florida, <laughs> I definitely uh, have been hit with allergies that I never knew that I had as bad as I get them here. And it's scary because there have been times where I couldn't even breathe and I thought, what's wrong with me, you know? But um, it's just a really bad uh, attack from all the different... I live on a lake where there's all these cypress trees and all these other kinds. <laughs> it's, just, it's just amazing. And then I notice now as I'm getting older that there is a, the gluten allergies I think is kicking in and like you said you had all this extra weight on 
from a food allergy, and I had no idea that um, an allergy could make you gain weight or inflame your body the way it can. And uh-huh. so that was like really uh-huh. eye-opening to see that and be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Getting a grip on that is really I had, interesting. I had, I had all those, I had the weight challenge, um, and I also had migraines that were so bad I was in the ER three or four times a month because they were so extreme. Wow. I had asthma attacks that we could not figure out how to control. Um, that was all food-related. Uh, I mean, I haven't had a migraine since May of 2009, and I used to be in the ER so much that they knew me by just looking at me. Um, wow. I learned that That's my amazing. asthma was actually triggered by peanuts, almonds, and ibuprofen. I got rid of peanuts, almonds, and ibuprofen. I now no longer struggle with asthma. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, it really is It's a fascinating part of, of how it, it really is. is. Um, again, you know, uh, it, it was owning what I wanted, and I had doctors. It, it goes back to what I've been talking about this whole time, right, because I had doctors that just wanted to put me on a bunch of different medications, and I said I didn't want to be medicated my entire life. There has to be a way to actually figure out what's causing this rather than putting a Band-Aid on it. And so I just searched and found somebody that would help me figure out the cause rather than band-aiding all my symptoms. That's funny you say that because I, um, I just, I had a bunch of um, prescriptions that the doctors had given me over the last 15 years that I was uh, holding on to because I, when I fell in the sinkhole, I had a loss to go in with the city of New York, um, even though I lost that fight after falling in the sinkhole and fighting in 15 years, they, they actually, uh, they dismissed the case, which was really upsetting to me because there's so much that happened to me. But anyway, um, and I didn't want to take any of the medication that they gave me because I said, I'm not going to take these pain pills. I don't want to be on this medication. I'm going to do this naturally. So the other day I'm like, why am I still holding on to this? Like I have to get rid of it. So I finally, like I took a picture of all the pills that they gave me over the years. And, and I thought to myself, I'm so grateful that I didn't take any of this stuff. And it just felt like, this chapter had like kind of ended and there's a new chapter beginning because I was finally able to get rid of all of that and, and realize like how happy I was knowing that I, I listened to myself and went the natural way rather than going through taking and getting addicted to any of those pain pills or what have you and, um, and having a whole other host of problems to deal with. Stephanie, tell me, thank you so much for being here today. I know I have to, um, wrap this up because our time is almost up, but how can our listeners reach you if they want to learn more about you or um, I know you had uh, a freebie with the, um, with the, the being ebook that you have. Uh-huh. Can uh-huh. you tell us the link to that? And I'll make sure I put that up in the show notes. Sure. Thank you for asking. Um, if you're interested in learning more about how to start shifting your day from doing into being and how it can help, improve your relationships, improve your sales, improve your just overall outlook on life, really. Um, you can simply go to stephaniecallahan.com forward slash B, B-E, and that will take you to the page where you can uh, download, you can sign up and download for that guide. And it's, um, it's a what I call a transformation quick start guide. It's a guide that I, uh, up until recently, only shared with my private clients. Um, that will help you walk through how to actually decide what you want and then how to start moving in that direction. 
that will also take you to my website, obviously, where at the top of that, that site, you'll see all of my different social media links. I'm all over the web, and I am really open and interested in having a conversation with you wherever you're the most comfortable. And there's also a contact link that if you want to talk further and maybe explore uh, some of the things that, that we've talked about here on the show today, too, Click on that contact link and reach out to me. I'd love to have schedule a conversation. Thank you so much, Stephanie. I really appreciate you doing that for our listeners today. And thank you again for taking time out to be oh, here. Oh, you're welcome. I really, really appreciate it. And I'd love to have you come back again in the future and give that, us some more of your great information. That'd be great. Terrific. And for those of you listening to today's show, thank you again for joining us. I really feel blessed that you're here. Stay tuned and join us next week. And remember, it's never too late to begin to live the very necessary and luxurious life you've always dreamt of living. And to live peacefully, happily, lovingly, and successfully. Until the next time, I'll see you on the flip side. Namaste. If you like what you hear, tell someone. If you like what you hear, be a dear and pass it on. Don't forget to stop at our website, www.lifesnecessitiesandluxuries.com for more tips, tricks, tutorials to live a very necessary and luxurious life.